Give the secret handshake. Check your cloaks. And remove your tinfoil hats. This is the Illuminati Social Club. The podcast you don't want they to know about. This is bullshit. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the mysteries we will examine. Welcome to the In Search of series here on the Illuminati Social Club. I'm your host, Jason from Parma. Joining me from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Oliver Oxide. Hello, all. How's everyone? Excellent. How about yourself? I am superb. Thank you. <laughs> Great. And from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Doc Pinko, Steve Cloutier. What up? Not too much. This week, we are talking about Season 6, Episode 11, Houdini's Secrets. Um, my initial thought on this is uh, Houdini was a skeptic, and he's still recognized as the patron saint of skeptics, even though we find out a little differently in this episode. Oliver, what were your impressions? Well, first off, did it strike anybody that they did uh, a show on somebody who would have debunked half of their previous episodes <laughs> that they produced? <laughs> I just found that funny. Yes. Uh, I this, this episode made me very, very mad for about 12 minutes mm-hmm. and then revealed itself. Yes. Uh, because uh, Harry Houdini, if you've ever heard the name James Randi, mm-hmm. uh, Harry Houdini was the proto uh, uh, James Randi, and he was uh, a great man in very many ways. Yeah, uh, well, we'll get into it, but yeah, it turns out uh, we find out reasons. Um, Steve, what were your impressions? Well, sort of along the same lines as you. I mean, there's, I don't know if you have this in a clip, and I won't mention it, but there's there's a point where they, they started talking about something, and I wrote in my notes, I know where this is going. <laughs> and they swerved me. They didn't go where I thought they were going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I had to change all my notes from the beginning because I thought, wow, they got this all wrong. Mm-hmm. And here's hence Leonard. My, hence my anger. Yes. <laughs> and here's Leonard. Houdini called himself the master mystifier of the age, the undisputed king of handcuffs. No ropes could bind him. No icy waters drown him. Imprisoned in chains or suspended in straitjackets, Houdini emerged from every restraint. Though denying he had supernatural powers, he spent his life in pursuit of death and hoped to communicate from beyond the grave. What were the secrets of the great Houdini? Okay, um, because we did next week's episode first, uh, I, I just, I, I have to get some levity now. That whole description just sounded kinky. <laughs> the master of handcuffs. I knew a girl like that once. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, sorry. I, I had to go there. 
So yeah, he was, uh, so that whole, like the ending of that clip sounded so wrong to me. And I had it written in my notes that no, this is absolutely, they got so much wrong here. And as we continue on with the next clip. The great Houdini died on Halloween 1926. In death, he remains as enigmatic as he was in life. For years, he visited spiritual mediums and seances, seeking proof of life after death. And shortly before he died, he promised to send word from the beyond, if he could. Houdini was perhaps the best-known escape artist of all time. From the beginning, he was surrounded by mystery. So, and at this point, I, it's like, oh my God, they got so much wrong here. But guess what? They didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I had to do further reading on this. I did a, I did a few searches, and uh, it turns out this is all correct. Because my initial thought was, no, he didn't visit psychics looking for, you know, look looking for a path to the afterlife or something like that. He was looking to debunk them. Mm-hmm. But no, <laughs> that would come later. This is interesting. Uh, so yeah. Um, So he was, fa- uh, let's see, he was fascinated by uh, magic, sleight of hand, card tricks, uh, and he learned to escape real handcuffs, which, that's really cool. Uh, but, you know, it, it didn't impress people, even though, you know, he was, like, he would have, well, actually, what, what happened was... Um, he would get the the police, you know, he would offer police officers $100 if he couldn't escape their cuffs. Um, and then uh, he found the straitjacket uh, after seeing someone in an asylum struggling to get out of it. Um, so he decided that struggling in a straitjacket would be a good act. Um, and I know how it's done. Um, all you have to do is hold, you have to hold your elbows out a little more than, you know, than normal when you put a straight jacket on and then it leaves enough slack to where you could actually take it off. So anyone have anything else to add? Yeah. Well, you bring this up now and <clears throat> one of the great things about Houdini, uh, and, and I, the spoiler alert people, um, anybody who does this kind of thing, and he was the first one to make this, he was the kind of the uh, author of this. <clears throat> if you see anybody do these kind of tricks, mm-hmm. they're out even before they're put in any kind oh, of peril. Oh, yeah. Um, they're out. They're out already. There is uh, there is a video out there. Um, I can't. I'll put a link to it. It's uh, Brian Brushwood. Uh, he does like this whole like college tour thing, mm-hmm. where he talks about oh cheat cheats cons uh, swindlers, and so, uh, it's something like that. 
And he actually does like, you know, he explains like how and it, he goes into like the woo and stuff like that. But then he also goes into like how some of these famous tricks are done. Well, one of the things that Houdini was very big on, and this was an actual quote, he said, I would never do anything that was more dangerous than me sitting in my living room. <clears throat> because he felt that he was making the, if he was truly in danger, he was making the audience complicit mm-hmm. in basically an attempted suicide. Yeah. So he, there was, I know this sounds really funny, but for a magician, he had ethics. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but that's one of the things. If you ever watch Penn and Teller, they live by that rule too. Oh yeah, is that they would never make the audience their audience complicit in an attempted suicide. Right. So they're out there when they put Teller in a thing of piranhas and all that kind of stuff. He's already out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Steve, anything else? Um, no, except that um, when I was a kid, I was watching the, the TV show Emergency, um, and they revealed that. They revealed what? The trick, how, how the trick was done. Oh, no. to get out of the... Emergency, emergency was about fire firefighters rescuing people. Mm. And there was a guy who was trapped in, in a trunk, mm. suspended over, and one of the firemen said, just just let it drop, because he could, cause it was, they were over water, and he could see the guy underneath the wharf. So he knew <laughs> that, that he was not in any trouble. The other firefighter's going, I, I won't, I'll hurt him. He's going, no, you won't, trust me. <laughs> All right, next clip. Yet even with the straitjacket, Houdini's climb to vaudeville fame seemed agonizingly slow. He despaired being at the bottom of the bill, below such acts as the tiniest triplets ever born. Desperate for publicity, he dared police to try to lock him in their cuffs. The challenge would become his trademark. Houdini expert and owner of many of his handcuffs is amateur magician Sid Radner. Houdini didn't invent the handcuff escape act, but he did perfect it. Unlike his competitors and the people who preceded him, Houdini took on all comers. Every sheriff, every chief of police, every deputy, everybody from anywhere could bring in handcuffs, ordinary handcuffs, bring them up on the stage. They had to be in good working order. And as long as they were in good working order, Houdini would accept the challenge and he would proceed to get out of these handcuffs, ordinary handcuffs, just as these are here. That that still amazes me today. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, even sleight of hand card tricks amazes me. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I love I love it. Um, like I said, I know how to do the straight jacket escape. Uh, not personally, but I know how it's done. Uh, I would probably rip my arm out of its socket trying to get out of it, but, you know. <laughs> uh, so we get a lot of history about his act and the fact that he was able to pick locks with his toes. Um, I have enough trouble doing that with my hands. <laughs> yes, I do have, I do have practice locks. Uh, don't, don't tell Ohio. Um, but I, I only do it for, I only do it for entertainment purposes. <laughs> Much like the handcuffs. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, it took me a second there. You uh, brought it up. I'm just going did. with the flow. Oh, and he would dislocate his joints uh, to, you know, get out of, get out of tight situations. That just sounds painful. <laughs> um, 
So his first time attempting buried alive. Uh, I didn't realize this. He did it without a casket. Uh, that wasn't smart. No. Uh, the weight of the earth nearly killed him, and he passed out after his hand broke through the dirt. Uh, it took uh, it took several several of his uh, of his crew to pull him out. So that's fun. He said he would never do that trick again. No, I think that's no. where his that's where his his ethos came mm-hmm. from was after that one. Yeah, uh, he did it twice more. I think both once in once in a casket and then once in a custom uh, box mm-hmm. that he had built. Because what, what you find out with a casket is uh, six feet of dirt on a casket will collapse the top, like the the shell. It won't like it won't break through, but it will like mm, bow it. Yeah. yeah. So it gets a little cramped in there. Yeah. Um, so uh, shall I move on to the next clip? Some were so amazed by Houdini's prowess, they were sure he possessed paranormal abilities. Magic expert Walter Gibson discussed this issue with Houdini during their friendship in the 1920s. The question has been raised about Houdini's um approach to the supernatural. Many thought that he had a mediumistic powers himself and that he didn't want to advertise that fact, so he simply pretended that his escapes were normal things. So they thought that the reason that he enclosed himself in a cabinet was to get the darkness that would bring spirit aid and that he actually would dematerialize from some of these contraptions in which he'd been placed. Uh, oh, people, people, people. No, he was a magician. He was a trickster. He, he, he knew, you know, like Oliver said, he was out before the trick even started. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the fact that people thought this way said that he had a great act. Yeah, that they would think that. Um, he was, just, you know, some of his stuff still astounds to this day. I mean, there are there are still tricks of his that not even Penn and Teller know how it's done, right? <laughs> um, which is cool. You know, he he's taken things to his grave. So let's pull out the Ouija board and try to find him. <laughs> so maybe maybe he'll say Rosabelle believe and uh, yeah really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here we go next. During the 1920s, spiritualism was widespread, giving hope to the living that they could communicate with the dead. Mediums prospered in darkened séance rooms. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, author of Sherlock Holmes, was one of its major advocates. On tour in England, Houdini accompanied Doyle to over 100 seances, but still no messages came from his beloved mother. So great was Houdini's distress and disappointment that Lady Doyle volunteered to use her powers to contact the spirit of his mother. 
a seance was held, and Lady Doyle began writing in a trance, unaware of the words that flowed onto the paper. Oh, my darling, thank God at last I am through. I want to talk to my boy, my own beloved boy. Now I can rest in peace. First moved by this demonstration, Houdini later rejected it. Why was a cross drawn when his mother was Jewish? Why was the letter in English when she spoke only German and Yiddish? If Lady Doyle couldn't contact her, could anyone? No. That's what you call a tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, um, well, the the reason the reason uh, she she spoke in English is because uh, everyone speaks in English in the afterlife. It's the American way. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> and um, perhaps following around a heroin junkie all over England may not be your best course of uh, action for believability. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, Conan Doyle was nuts to mm-hmm. begin with. So, Yeah. And, and they kind of understated um, exactly what happened. Because what he, what they say is he rejected it, uh, eventually rejected it. What happened was what, that actual seance wasn't in England. It was in New York. Um, and after the seance, uh, Do- Conan Doyle and his wife got on a boat and went to England. And as they were going from the United States to England, he held a press conference in which he basically tore apart the Doyles. And told and said how they were frauds. So wow. when they got back to England, the first thing they were met with was this thing from Houdini saying that they were frauds. <laughs> Good on you, Harry. Um, so this is pretty much the end of his spiritual days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not now he would now he would go on and uh, you know visit psychics and mediums in order to expose them. Um, uh, let's see. He and his wife learned the tricks of the trade. They held their own seances, which is awesome. They, they base, they, they played the pure skeptic route. What they did was they learned, they did exactly what the charlatans were doing. Mm. And then they went to the charlatans and, Pretty much said, "Yep, that's what they're doing." Uh, they went. They went to others in disguise and exposed them as frauds. Bravo! Well done. So, uh, anyone anyone have anything to say before I play the next clip? No, no. A young medium known as Marjorie claimed to manifest a wide range of psychic phenomena. However, when Houdini devised a special box to prevent her from manipulating objects in the dark, the phenomena ceased. When she failed to collect the award, Marjorie predicted imminent doom for Houdini. As he began his September tour in 1926, Houdini himself had the premonition he would never see his home again. Lady, you've been exposed as a fraud. (laughs) Yeah, Yuri Geller on The Tonight Show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nailed. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, at the time, uh, he was, uh, what did he put up? Uh, $50,000? Yeah, I think it was 50000 50, uh, Today, it's a million dollars from the JREF. Yeah. 
the James Randi Educational Foundation. If you're a psychic and you can prove it, then the JREF will give you a million dollars. Uh, Harry Houdini would die on Halloween night, uh, 1926, of not of a trick, but of peritonitis. No. Thank Tony Curtis for that one. Mm-hmm. That little bit of myth making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was uh, apparently punched in the stomach by a fan who, you know, kind of blindsided him because he had heard of uh, Houdini's iron gut. Uh, Houdini wasn't prepared and uh, basically ended up with a ruptured appendix and peritonitis and died on Halloween. So now we learn about um, Houdini's quest to escape to escape the afterlife. Strangely, Houdini did not die performing a dangerous stunt. While waiting backstage before a show, he was punched in the stomach by oh, a young right. man who had heard of Houdini's legendary iron midriff. Unfortunately, Houdini was caught off guard and had not prepared himself for the blow. He suffered for a week from a ruptured appendix and peritonitis. He died on Halloween. Okay, so I got that a little out of order. I forgot what I forgot what. I... Okay, um. So apparently Bess tried for 10 years. Uh, that's his wife, by the way. I don't think we mentioned that. No. no. Uh, Bess tried for 10 years uh, to hold seances to find Houdini, uh, but the words uh, Rosabelle Believe were never <laughs> spoken. Um, there was one psychic who claimed to have gotten the message, but as a good skeptic, she realized that there were ways he could have found out what the message was. So, can I just point out that this is one of one flaw in Houdini? What's that? He picked a code word that is important to him and his wife. Mm-hmm. Like that would be easy to that would be a kind of an easy thing to guess, right? Right. He should have he he should have picked something you know that nobody would have been able to guess, like Pinocchio banana or something exactly. like that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. I have a. Uh, so little little aside here. Uh I used to have a little slip of paper in my wallet with a with a phrase on it. I can't remember what the phrase is now. So I'll I'll be surprised. Uh and this was for in case I ever went back in time to talk to me. Or anyone claiming to be me. They would have to find this slip of paper and tell me what was on it. It, it was an experiment. I, okay, I never. I, I can't believe you're telling people this in public. <laughs> I, I never, I never came up to myself and told myself those words. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> but what happens if it, what happens if it happens now? Well, then I'll be reminded of what those words are. Will you be able to remember it? Probably. I'll know it if I heard it. Okay. It, All right. It, it, it's absurd. It, it, All okay. I know is it was a very absurd phrase. Okay. My head hurts. <laughs> oh, by, by the way, the way okay. since, since Jason's, you know, telling people, you know, secrets, uh, <laughs> you know, Pinocchio <laughs> banana is my safe word. So uh, there we go. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, by the way, uh, I, I misspoke there. Uh, the, the, the psychic that, that, uh, got the message, you know, that claimed to have gotten the message, uh, she believed that he could have learned the phrase in non-supernatural ways. So. Yeah, it's a cold, like a cold read mm-hmm. kind of thing, yeah. All right. Uh, final like, clip. Guessing oh, their wedding God. song. Or like guessing their wedding song. Come yeah. on now. Mm-hmm. Or like answering uh, answering security questions on your bank website. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pinocchio banana. I'm writing that down now. <laughs> where, where do you bank, Oliver? Uh, <laughs> all right, final clip. Although Houdini's will specified that all his illusions and theatrical props be destroyed after his brother's death, many of them have survived in private collections. At the Houdini Hall of Fame in Niagara Falls, Canada, two of his challenges still wait to be met. Since his death more than 50 years ago, no other magician has exactly duplicated his escape from the water torture cell. And within this envelope is a secret code. So far, no medium has come forth with the precise code words to prove communication with the dead. No one could be more pleased that the challenges continue than the great Houdini. Oh, yeah, that's classic, that he left the envelope with the code. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I don't know if the museum is still open in in Niagara Falls, Um, but... uh, one thing, can I just uh, mention this before we go? Sure. Because no one else has mentioned it. Yes. What the hell was Leonard wearing? Oh, <laughs> was, no. Was it, was, was it? Yeah, was he like trying to be Jack Cassidy or something? Like, I mean, it was just... Oh, Leonard the Magician. Oh, God. <laughs> the great... The the great... Uh, uh, ne- Spockini. I don't know. Spockini, yeah. Nimoini. Ne- <laughs> ne- uh, I don't yeah. know. No, I, I decided I'm gonna leave a I'm gonna leave a secret code behind. Uh, maybe it'll be a treasure map that leads to riches on an island somewhere around Nova Scotia. Yeah, <laughs> that's a winner. Oh, there yeah. we go. You can you can get on the History Channel. Mm-hmm. Yes, with all those other uh, great historians. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm not I've, saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. <laughs> I have uh, come to the end of my notes, uh, gentlemen. Anything, anything else to add before we wrap this one up? I'm good. Can I just can I just point out that um, they they did um, uh, showed some of the movies that he did, hmm. and, and can I just point out that he was in an early version of Encino Man? Really. Didn't you notice that clip? One of, one of the clips where he was talking about reincarnation. Oh, and he was a guy who was frozen in the snow, oh. the ice, and came back. <laughs> I wrote down Encino Man. <laughs> Where's Polly Shore? Oh, <laughs> uh, on that note, uh, Oliver, tell people where they can find you out there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Oliver Rockside. Steve. You can find me on Twitter at Doc Pinko. You can find me at Alien CG, and you can find this podcast at Illuminati Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm receiving a message. It's a message from Houdini. He's saying, 
No, you idiot. You can't con- you can't communicate from the afterlife. Get a real job. <laughs> Have a good week, everyone. Toodles, kids. See ya.